Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. What's going on? It is Friday. We did it. It's real. The weekend is staring us down. Life is good, and we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home in a simple way, get it. Rocket can. Look, there's a lot to get to, but this is a friendship show. This is a friendship Friday. A lot to unpack. A couple reasons. One, a buddy of mine was in town last night, and today, I think we we did talk on the show yesterday, should we go to the Rams game? We ended up not doing that, uh, which was a mistake because Baker Mayfield was amazing. But it turns out when you invite one of your oldest friends into your home with your wife and kids, he will share the stories that you thought you had buried deep, deep down in the past. And another reason it's a friendship Friday is he's back. It's triumphant. There's celebration in, if not the streets of New York City, the halls on Hudson. He is executive producer, super friend Tom DeCelestino. I miss you, Tommy. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Happy Friday to you. That's why I'm back, because I missed you oh so much. It's good, to, it's good to see you. It's good to hear your voice. Good to see your face. Um, we got a lot to get into. I'm just, you are, you still live near your high school friends, right? You still see those guys on the semi-regular? Semi-regular, yes. About a handful of them. About four or five of them. Not to play geography wizard, but I don't know if you know this. I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. That's not the part of the geography wizard. That would be Bill Ryder wizardry. I live in L.A., Dubuque, Iowa, Los Angeles, California, far away. So my buddy Ken is in town, and he told some stories from my youth that I didn't want my kids to hear, and some I don't remember, that I turned to my wife and said, I don't think that's true, and she said, it sounds just like you. So <laughs> maybe we'll just, oh man, maybe we'll get it. My son's amazing. I love my I love my son Henry, but he's um, he's a personality. I don't know how else to put it. And yesterday, last night, Lori goes, oh my God, it explains so much about Henry, and not the easy things. So anyway... Hashtag Friendship Friday. Uh, Heisman Trophy weekend is in front of us. We've got some really interesting NFL games on tap. I had done, and it's, I think it's worth your time. I don't even know what to call it. A pretty long think piece based on a whole bunch of reporting on young superstars in the NBA. Trey Young being a jumping off point. Uh, what the hurdles are to their next steps. And we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show with a basket bill. Oh, do you still like basketball? You still on that? You like Basket that? Basket Bill. Yes, my wife still walks around our house saying those words. Yesterday, uh, filling in for you was Pat Boyle. And I feel bad about this because I didn't mean to walk him into this. But as you know, your wife likes basketball. My wife likes basketball. And the head of our, our, our work household, our work family, Spike Eskin, who's the big boss, loves basketball. And I said just on a lark to Pat, how do you like the pun the puns and he goes, I like all, but we got to work. Whoever came up with basketball, we got to work on that. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's the boss and the wives. 
basketball coming up. Uh, Nick Costos is, is a Friday regular. Another reason it's a it's a friendship. Friendship Friday is such a dumb term, but I love it because it's a friendship Friday today. Nick's a good buddy and is going to give us some perspective on where your money should move this weekend. And I'm always interested in this. I love Nick. I think he's literally the best in the business at what he does. He has Odyssey's Gambling Insider and does You Better You Bet, the co-host of that show on the BetQL Network. He's awesome. But there's a really strange line that we talked about yesterday. The Detroit Lions are two, two-and-a-half-point favorites against a Vikings team that is, by record, one of the best, the second-best is what it is, in the NFC. Nick's going to explain it to us. We'll do buy or sell. We'll do bum of the week. Uh, like we told you yesterday, get your popcorn, go to the Rams game, Baker Mayfield's going to be a humiliation, and it's going to be fun to watch. Did I just say, we did a little opening at the start of the show? I think we admit when we're wrong here. I was wrong. America was wrong. 31 NFL, for a night, guys. 31 NFL teams were wrong. Diesel wasn't even working yesterday. I'm just going to pretend he was wrong. Bogus was definitely wrong. I've never heard anyone be more wrong than Pat. Boyle, just kidding. Still, what a shocker yesterday in L.A. at SoFi where a Raiders team, by the way, I'm going to do a little Baker thing. The Raiders can't hold a lead. Here's the situation. Late in the game, fourth quarter, late-ish in the game, it is 16-3. The Raiders are beating the Rams. And if, like me, you're watching it, but you're also kind of like, this game is terrible, there's two things you're thinking. Two immovable forces heading at each other. It's a physics question I could not answer at Wallard High School in 1995 when my buddy Ken, who's here, and I were going to high school together. When two forces that are ha- moving at a high rate of speed and or immovable forces, which don't move, so I don't know, that's why it's bad at math, collide or in opposition, what happens? Here's one immovable force. Here's one law of football physics. The Raiders can't hold a lead. But there we are, fourth quarter. Up 16-3. What's going to happen? The other law of NFL physics. Baker Mayfield's a bum. Or at least I thought so. Nope. Baker Mayfield flying into town on a Tuesday night. Studying the playbook. Gets a half a practice in. They let, what's his name? I know what his name is. I'm just going to call him what's his name. John Wolford lost his name. What's his name? Gets a, a possession. He starts. And Baker comes in. Doesn't know the offense, hasn't practiced with the team, doesn't have a lot of swagger in the locker room, and has been, if we're being honest, pedestrian at his highest moments the last couple seasons, and he's been much worse than that. And in that fourth quarter, down 16-3, first he leads his team on a nine-minute, 75-yard drive uh, with Cam Akers capping that baby off with, what, a one- or two-yard touchdown run. And it's okay, though. It's interesting. 16-10. And I'm, you're thinking, well, I mean, Baker threw a t- good job, looking pretty impressive, okay. But again, the Raiders can't really blow a lead in the fourth quarter. But is Baker ca- is Baker capable of excellence? They get the ball back, less than two less than two minutes. No timeouts. Baker Mayfield's the quarterback. I promised myself I wasn't going to say we're in a simulation, and I'm not. I'm not saying it. But come on, man. He leads his team on a, what, 98-yard drive and throws a perfect pass to Van Jefferson with 10 seconds left to win the football game. It was amazing. It was incredible. You know the story. You, you, you know all of it. I'm sure you do. But if you don't, that's what happened. Baker Mayfield 
thrown to the side by a Panthers team that is absolutely abysmal, can't find a job other than one place, and that place is a Rams team that is really disappointing coming off their Super Bowl win last year, banged up at the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield flies across the country. He doesn't have time to not really familiarize himself with what is a pretty complicated offense under Sean McVay, the head coach, who's a would-be genius young guy, won a Super Bowl. We all know the story. Rolls in, doesn't start, but basically, but does play basically the entire game. They didn't give him the starting designation, but plays the entirety of the game, minus possession, and looks like Baker Mayfield for huge chunks of the game. And then leads his team on a miraculous, miraculous comeback. I'm not going to tell you that Baker Mayfield is resurrected in his career, because it's too soon. I'm not going to tell you that, that Baker Mayfield proved the world wrong last night. It's not the case. Baker probably thinks so. Who knows how big that guy's ego is right now? We're confident. It's good for him. It's too soon. You wouldn't be on that plane flying from Carolina to L.A. if if, if you'd already proved the, the world wrong. And I'm not even going to tell you Sean McVay is some kind of master genius who can take the most immovable clay and craft it into a picturesque statue of NFL and football genius because he didn't have time to work at Baker Mayfield. Let me just posit the possibility, and we don't have enough information, but it was such a dazzling fourth quarter after such a doldrum of a game. It's worth getting into. Let me just posit the possibility that the real takeaway from last night's game, whatever becomes true of Baker Mayfield, is that Sean McVay has got to loosen the hell up. That Sean McVay has got to, in his genius, at times, find a way, even in his system, even with his approach, even with what he wants to let his quarterback sometimes rock some jazz. And here's the thing about jazz. And if you've ever been in a music class or you have incredible musical skills like I do, that was sarcasm, I don't have them. But if you've ever attempted that, many of the people that are going to be in charge of you want you to play very specific notes and have a very specific philosophy and want you to follow along. And that makes sense. Jazz is the art of actually just kind of doing it as you go. And it can be chaotic and problematic and it can certainly fail. But sometimes you just have to let an artist go off and do their thing under the pressure of a live performance. And for whatever reason, when Baker Mayfield was liberated from the expectations that a coach has for him in terms of running a specific offense, because he didn't know the offense, when Baker Mayfield was liberated from what should benefit most quarterbacks in terms of the planning from any offensive coordinator or head coach who's involved, let alone Sean McVay, who's one of the best in the business, when basically McVay had to say to this guy, who by the standard of the last few years, has not been good. Not a put-down. It's a fact. If he was good, he would have had a job. Somebody else would have picked him up on waivers. He would have been in Carolina in the first place. You know it. I know it. I'm sure Baker knows it. In that situation where Sean McVay says, my imagination, he's in a room with Baker, and Baker's just flown in, and then Baker's jet-lagged, but it's McVay who looks jet-lagged because he has to say to Baker Mayfield, just go play football, man. We'll figure out the, the details later. And Baker Mayfield leads that team to a win. Maybe just maybe part of the issue. I know that Sean McVay is a genius. I understand that he won a Super Bowl. I understand that it's, you know, roses and, and, and puppy dogs and, and, and pancakes for breakfast other than this year on the on the continuum that has been McVay's career. But maybe part of the reason that Jared Goff made a Super Bowl for his team before becoming a broken man and resurrecting himself in all places in Detroit. Jared Goff's not a superstar but he is playing football well enough for his team to compete in almost every game they've played in. Maybe the reason that Matt Stafford in year one won a Super Bowl, but there were some signs before the injuries if he just looked a little off. 
maybe the reason that things don't always go the way they should in L.A. is because Sean McVay, like a lot of bosses, like a lot of geniuses, like a lot of impressive people, is holding the reins way too tight. It is clenching that fist way too aggressively. Is smarter than the room, but you're playing a team sport. You're playing, in this case, you're, you're managing people who play a team sport. It's early days. We don't know enough information. It could be a fluke. Baker could be back. Baker's probably going to be the Baker Mayfield we saw a few days ago, but I don't want to talk about that because it's good for him. Celebrate your successes. Have your moments. And in the Baker Mayfield world, maybe, maybe, the reality is that you just got to let Baker be Baker. But letting Baker be Baker is never going to turn you into a, a championship team. Even if he can be a quarterback in the NFL, I'm still skeptical. No, I think the real takeaway is Sean McVay, who was just so controlling and frustrated and unintentionally demeaning, as I understand it from people in that organization, with Jared Goff. And not demeaning like bad guy, just if you've ever had a boss who's good at their job and just gets more and more frustrated with you and that frustration seeps into your confidence, that is what McVay can be. Maybe the lesson last night for Sean McVay is, I'm great at what I do, I have a process and processes I want these guys to follow, but I've got to find a way. I, Sean McVay, genius 30-something-year-old head coach, I've got to find a way to let these guys operate with more freedom, more self-confidence, more jazz, baby, within the framework of the system that I have drawn up. And that is how I'll get the best out of my quarterbacks. That's the takeaway for me in Baker Mayfield's moment. The one that we can actually come to a conclusion on, that, man, think of what the Rams can be. Even with a Baker Mayfield, if McVay could take his genius, and I think it is genius, and do the thing geniuses have the most trouble with, and that is be able to talk to the non-geniuses in a way that inspire them rather than intimidate them, then that fill them with some greatness rather than just impress upon them how great you are and you'll never match it. Maybe Sean McVay's got to let his quarterbacks, and maybe his football team, certainly offensively, just do a little jazz. Feels good to be on a Friday, right? Feels good for it's a Friday. D-Cell's got some major party over the way. He's going clubbing. He's going to get into that for us. I'm going to tell you some, apparently some stories about me being a crazy person in high school. I don't remember. It's memory loss. Andrew Bogus in the background dancing, wearing all green like some kind of musical giant leprechaun, like a Will Ferrell meets a leprechaun. It's all, what's going on back there, Diesel? Why uh, is Bogus dancing? If you think I have any idea, I have no idea why. You look nonplussed. <laughs> uh, so you, you do a shoulder dance, right? He was doing kind of an arm sway. Yeah, he walked in. I ignored him. He started dancing. He walked out. I continued to ignore him. I have no idea what's going on. It's a friendship Friday. Everywhere, everywhere, but but in that little room. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. We'll talk some Heisman Trophy, and I'll make fun of myself because my buddy did in front of my kids uh, next year on CBS Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, yeah? Okay. Here's an opinion. D-Cell's awesome. How's that for an opinion, Tom? I don't know what happened here yesterday, but both you and Bogish, and I emphasize Bogish on this one, you guys are in a mood today. Bogish is dancing, he's laughing, yeah. he's smiling. I don't know what happened here yesterday. I love hoodies. I love a whole range of them. I don't have any of the fancy hoodies that people wear with the sports coats, but I want one. Bogish is rocking a really cool looking, it's like a green kind of on the chest with, with a is it a is it a greenish blue that's sort yeah, of I think offsetting we got a, it? We got a two tone green hoodie. Yeah, we got two a solid green. solid green, and then like I guess like a heathered green on the sleeves and uh, under my oh, bosom. Damn. You almost been verdant. You're a you're in a verdant looking sweater. <laughs> did you say bosom? I did say bosom. <laughs> and and heathered, tethered, leathered, heathered, heathered, aggrethered, aggrieved. Is that new? I like it. Uh, it is not new. In fact, I believe it's uh, it was new as of last year, I believe. Have you worn it in front of me before? What are you throwing your arms up for, D-Cell? Is that a yes? I don't know what's going on. Heathered, tethered, <laughs> leathered. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't still remember. I think I have something wrong with my brain. I mean, I, uh, insert the joke here. Oh, D-Cell, thank you. My buddy Ken, my, my, my old friend from Dubuque, Iowa, is in town. He's, he's at a conference, and he came up to L.A. And we went to dinner last night. And he started telling stories to my wife and kids that I, you know, maybe maybe don't share those stories. But that's, many of them, okay, were true. Then he started telling stories about crazy things that I did that I have literally no recollection of. And I said to the guy, are you sure it's me? Here's one. The Iowa caucuses, until very recently, were the place where all the politicians showed up. He has a memory. You guys know who Pat Buchanan is, right? Old politician. Apparently when I was 15, I went to some college thing where he was speaking and then just confronted him about whatever his policies were in a super aggressive way. And, and again, I understand that sounds like something I might do with someone. Definitely. Definitely. How do I not remember going at Pat Buchanan, the presidential candidate, as a 15-year-old? Yeah. I mean, I could see you doing it. Me too. But the not remembering thing is odd. You should remember that. There's, a, there, there's some stories about me Hitting on college girls that I have zero recollection of again when I was fifteen, it tracks. But how would you not remember those things? Yeah, didn't you have a um? What are they called? Are they called winter, summer? There's a phrase for those, like or like there's a calendar reference to young and old relationships. I don't know, but you didn't. Like, when, I don't know what you're no, talking no, about. No, no, no. Anyway, okay. you you have that like uh, Walmart love affair. Wasn't she older than you? I did. Yeah. Okay. She, my buddy pointed out everybody I dated in high school was older than me, a year or two. Because you're so wise, old soul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or I was, or I was just looking for for ladies who like younger dudes, since I always looked younger than I actually was. That got weird. Okay, let's. Uh, let's anyway, it was just a. I can't remember half the things. Got can you guys remember how many kids could you name from your high school class? Because I can't remember half of them. My buddy Ken was bringing up names that I had not thought of in. 
15, and I couldn't re- remember who they were. And then five minutes later, like, oh, my God, that's that guy. Yeah. Couldn't remember any of them. There was only like 120 guys in my class. So if you gave me the picture, I could probably get most names. You guys aren't friends with a lot of your, your graduating high school class on like Facebook or, or... I don't do Facebook. Facebook was before I was my time. So none of us, I don't do Facebook, man. See, I'm friends with people in the real world, and you're friends with people online. Yeah, I'm not, not friends with people in the real world. Not no. at all. And no, you're still, still friends with all your high school buddies, right? Like, you hang out with your high school buddies. Yeah, because I can't make new friends. Yeah. And That's whose fault is that? Yeah. Oh, I, I acknowledge it. Okay. it. It's a problem. I can't make new friends. I mean, I'm dying to be your friend, and <laughs> instead you're killing me. I know. What I've learned about, about Tom recently is the reason he won't hang out with us is he's got a huge pack of high school friends, a huge pack of college friends. You're going to get a pack of friends when your kids get to kindergarten, first right. grade. If, if I had to guess who, who at CBS Sports Radio had too many friends, you wouldn't have been the guy. And yeah, that's not a put down. That's I, just like I, I don't have too many friends. I promise you. I do not have too many friends. I'm losing friends left and right. You've got, he's literally got so many friends that he's got friends that he hangs out with. He's like, I don't like that guy that much. I don't dislike him. We just don't really know each other, but we hang out all the time. So wait, we can't get a beer. I I thought there was good news here. I thought maybe I was just out out of like the numbers game. Like it doesn't there wasn't just space for me. But now you're saying you actually do have room for more friends. So you are making a value judgment of me. Uh, yes, you and everyone else. Okay. Everyone else being me and you. Yeah, because <laughs> nobody else how, wants how, to be how many friends is, with me. How many guys from your high school? Seriously, did you invite to your wedding that Bogus wasn't invited to? Uh, six or seven. I mean, that's a, I mean, I invited, I had probably, I invited that many, and I think maybe four or five people showed up from my high school at my at my wedding. Zero for me. Zero? Yeah. Friends that I knew growing up, but no one from my actual high school. I feel like you have, you have a big college friend group. I do have, and at that point I worked at Sirius, so there was a lot of serious people there. But I also had a small wedding, so it was not a huge guest list. But I, I was not good... And maybe I wasn't deserving of it, but I didn't. I wasn't good keeping in touch with my high school friends because no one went to Fordham with me, so like yep. there was no immediate connection, and we were very spread out. So I didn't do a good job. Maybe they didn't care to keep me involved in the circle. So my so yeah, Diesel smirks. He knows. So maybe <laughs> I do suck, Diesel. I don't know, but Bill no, likes no. me, so that's good enough. I do, in fairness to you and I, we're old enough that there weren't cell phones. It's not like you could just we had to pick up your landline and call somebody true there there wasn't i mean email wasn't a, a huge thing there's no facebook and at least my excuse my parents moved out of dubuque iowa when i was a freshman in college so i never got to go back to that city which okay. makes it hard yeah and i also yeah. like i went i went to high school not my local high school so my friends were already spread out between all parts of new york city and even the suburbs so then when we went to college and i came home those high school friends were not like on the corner hanging out still Right. Um, I like the guys from high school. I wish I kept up with them more. I like the idea of the Heisman Trophy. Look at this transition. But I just don't find myself that emotionally invested either because it feels like every year we know who's going to win, certainly as we head into the ceremony. Mr. College Football Guy, Mr. DeCelestino, would you like to push back on that? No, not at all. I don't even know why we send four finalists to New York City every year. Like, right. We always know, maybe, maybe on a good year, it's a 50-50 toss-up between two of them. There's never a chance where four of them have a realistic shot to win this thing. 
I always hated these award ceremonies where you it would you would have to go and sit in a room and then they would announce that you didn't win. That didn't ever feel mm. like an honor, having been through that. Because stupid awards are a big part of, of newspaper journalism back in the day. So if you're Mr. Duggan, Stroud, or Bennett, what? you know you're not going to win, but you have to go and pretend like you might? Yeah, get a free trip to New York, I guess. Hang out a little bit. See the sights. What Congratulations, sites? Caleb Williams. What sites? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't know because you don't go what north mean, what of this sites? building. What sites? You act like the everybody sites. wants to come see New York City. Some people do, D-Cell. Not everybody, uh, but some people do. Sir, excuse me. I, um, I'm extremely late for the uh, Heisman uh, ceremony, Caleb Williams will say to D-Cell tomorrow, but I'm late. Do you, uh, do you know how to get to the subway? No, man. Really wish As I could D-Cell help you. D-Cell walks to the subway. No, man. Don't know. <laughs> he takes out think, his metro card. Do you think <laughs> those four guys, those four guys, are really excited about coming to New York City? Not the Heisman. I'm talking about just coming to New York City. I mean, maybe one of them is. Maybe one of them is. But I also think, given the fact that they're going to be finalists for the Heisman Trophy, and one of them, Caleb Williams, is going to win it, the opportunity to have the money to fly to New York City on their own terms is probably going to be a reality in their lives. For a long time. Yeah. I would agree. And they're probably doing other things other than seeing the sites. They're probably having business meetings. They're probably, you know, the guys who are going to be right. in the NFL, like there's, they're, they have things, other things to do. They know they're not going to win, but I think they're okay, D-Cell. They like things. They have fun. They enjoy experiences. Will anyone here watch? I will not. I can't remember the last time that I I thought to myself, I have got to watch the Heisman. I got to put that down on the calendar. I got to watch the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think the last, and I don't know the last time it was unknown who was going to win, but even yeah. then, I, I never found myself having to watch it in the moment. Although, I have covered two of them, and it is kind of cool. That is cool. When you're sitting there, and as they're coming back from commercial break to announce the winner, they start walking around with sealed envelopes, and everybody gets one, and you get to open it and read who the winner is. I thought that well, was cool. Would- what would happen if you went, if you, Andrew Bogus, went to this ceremony, right? And you're there covering it. So you're in the room, I presume, right? You're in sort of the back. They put you in the back. Is there like a little media area? Um, so the, the, when it was at the New York Athletic Club, we were in a separate room. The last time I went, it was at a theater in Times Square, and that was right. a different setup. So if you're, if you're in the room, what would happen if they, you know, Caleb Williams, and you, go, and you just started screaming like you were like, really, yeah, <laughs> Caleb, you did it. You're you welcome. Went, I voted for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it probably wouldn't go well. It wouldn't go well. I don't think so. Um, I don't know much about the New York Athletic Club, but my nobody my, does the downtown my, athletic well, club, whatever. It was nobody called. does because it's not a sight to see in New York City. Like they should well, have it my, somewhere that actually matters. My my great granddad was one of the founders, I guess, of that place, because my whole family's from 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 New York, and my grandma had a lifetime pass. Where if you had the pass, they had to let you in, and we lost it. Like physically lost the card. That's the story in the family. Like, my, my granddad, or great-granddad, it's a crazy story, owned a whole bunch of land on the other side of, of the city in Jersey that was worth a bunch of money. And long story short, we don't have any of that money. So apparently my great-granddad had a bunch of cash. And I don't know what happened. But it ain't a part of our life story. But but I've heard that place is fan- – I tried to go in once because – and I, I was going to ask the guy, be like, hey, my grand – and I just – I looked at – my schlebby reality. I looked at him. I just turned and walked out. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd want to be a member. I'd want to be fancy enough for any of those clubs. There's like the Yale Club, the Harvard Club. There's all these fancy places, a lot of leather-bound books and free scotch and ascots and books? blazers with you know, elbow <laughs> patches. I, I want in on that. All right, cool. let's try to crash it. Diesel, would you... No. Would you be up for crashing the <laughs> athletic club with me and Bogus one of these days? Just we walk in like we like we belong there. Uh, no, because I think that would require me to go out in New York City, and right. I don't want to do that. What does one wear to a fancy schmancy New York? Do you wear athletic attire to get in there? Or are you in a suit? I you think you the- gotta wear a suit. Yeah, you gotta you know wear a suit, and then you bring a super expensive duffel bag with your athletic gear in it to go to the wood paneled oak-smelling locker room. And, like, your duffel bag has to have your initials on it, like, engraved. Or, like, Louis Vuitton's initials on it, yeah. <laughs> what about walking in with a member and, like, walking three steps behind, and once they go past the guard, be like, oh, John, I'll be right with you, and just pretend you're with that guy. Would that work? That's our only shot of getting in. I don't know if it will work, but that's our only chance. Diesel, you have a stern charm that I think could be, could be sold as... um as I belong here. I don't know if charm is the word that everyone else would use. Um, I don't think I should be the one to talk to said guard in trying to get in. Bill's right, though. You don't talk, but out of the three of us, you would have the most confident I belong here walk to go right past the front desk guy, and he'd go, oh, I know him, even though he does it, but your body language would sell it. If you had to talk correct, that wouldn't work. That would be if Bill's job. <laughs> if you're the actor in this scenario, D-Cell, and, 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 and Bogus is the producer because he's putting this plan together, and, and I'm directing you, your motivation is uh, Bogus and I are asking you if you want to be friends. And I just want you to channel that as yep. you walk into this fancy schmancy <laughs> Got place. it. I know how to do that. I can play that part. <laughs> that's that's right up your sweet spot, right. buddy. All right. Let's – uh, I, I, Bogus, you and I have been trying for a long time on the show to actually break on time. And D-Cell's been pushing back, as you know, pretty aggressively. Um, are you okay trying to do this the right way so there's some time for basketball, even though Tom is the reason we always go late? Right. And, yes, I see, here's the thing that maybe D-Cell doesn't realize. When I come into the studio as the break is ending at, like, 10, 18, 10, 20, I'm ready from that moment on to do the update. There's no need to stretch or okay. so like I'm I've been good. So whenever you're ever you're ready, you who host the show with your name on it, you throw the update and I'm here for you. I mean I love that. I'll just say this. And not that Spike, Eskin, or David Marinick have ever complained, right? They're awesome, our bosses. I have said D cells, you know, to you several times, hey, Spike and David are the bosses. They might want us to break earlier. And you've always replied, I'm their bosses. <laughs> I hope they're not listening to this segment right now. All right, let's um. I've got a so I've got a basket bill. I can't, right, let me let me just back up real quick. Do I need to keep calling it this? Yes, please, just do. Gonna, please do. Please do. Basket bill. <laughs> basket bill. I, can you. I just be like, I have an NBA topic I want to talk to you about. Can I just do that? No, no, that's not nearly as fun, and it's not hoopier than you, bogus. Writer than you, comma basketball fans. My middle name is Joseph. Can we get that in there somehow? No? Okay. Give me a second. Yeah, we can workshop it later. Um, I wrote a story for CBSSports.com. I talked to several general managers, executives, scouting directors, former players, one former Hall of Famer who I actually quoted by name, uh, Mr. Isaiah Thomas, to, to get into why 
Trey Young's the latest example, but Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, John Morant, and other talented superstar level NBA players. What are the struggles and hurdles to them getting to the next level? And how do they do that? And who's most likely? And so we're going to basket bill that baby here on the show uh, after we get a CBS Sports Radio update. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. What is happening? What's shaking? Uh, Tom, I meant to ask you, man, who are you rooting for in today's, you know, two-legged World Cup extravaganza? Who you, who you believe in? Who you want? I'm going with Brazil. I mm. uh, don't really know why, but let's go with Brazil. I love that. You know, little little Neymar, Vinicius Jr., right? Maybe Chris Carlson can do some magic. Even though, as you know, Croatia runners-up the last World Cup, underdogs. Of nice, course, nice. of course. I like that. Who you like in the second game? Ooh, I haven't really decided yet. Got it. Maybe, a, maybe, a, maybe, a, maybe, maybe Argentina instead of the Netherlands. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to go with the Netherlands because I know are. you're going. You're going with Argentina, so let me go on the opposing side. Wow, wow. People say I'm mean to you on social media. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've gotten one or two tweets saying that. Um. I defend you, though. You're not mean to me. It's uh, not me. You're my, my, my favorite people at work. <laughs> I, was wait, I was waiting for the kicker. It's true, though. It's true. All right. I've been, put, I've been putting it off. I've been putting it off. But you, you love, I know you just love this moment, don't you? I really do. It's time for basketball. <laughs> Bill Ryder has the NBA takes you need to hear. This is Bass Kit Bill. Interesting. We are so focused in, in sports and life, certainly in, in the NBA, on the moment that I think sometimes it is easy to miss some deeper patterns that are, that are going on. And there has been one this year and last year with many of the young stars who will define the game going forward. Some of them are going to be Hall of Famers and champions and faces of the league and, and, you know, all-time greats for their era, along a Steph Curry, 
LeBron James, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo level. Giannis is kind of the midway point of his career. Some of them are going to be massive, massive talents who are disappointing and who don't do enough and who are mistaken for winners because they're individually excellent. And the people that don't know how to actually evaluate things honestly are going to be mad at people like me who compare them to the Carmelo Anthony's of the world and the Kyrie Irving's of the world. It is undecided yet of the Trey Young's and the Zion Williamson's and the John Morant's. And I'm thinking 23 and younger, but if you want to go 24 and the Jason Tatum's and all these young guys, and I'm missing a bunch of people. I know there's a lot of great Luka Doncic's. There's a lot of great young talent out there. Which direction they're going to go? And there's been signs that it's not always a sure thing. The latest is Trey Young getting into a silly squabble with Nate McMillan, his head coach in Atlanta, and it became public that he didn't come to a game when he was healthy because of a quote-unquote miscommunication. And the gist of it is, Trey didn't do a walkthrough. He was icing his shoulder down. He could have iced his shoulder down at any time. McMillan did or didn't say either be at this thing or, you know, well, because you did this, you can either come off the bench or not come to the game. And, and then Trey Young doesn't show up. Whoever's right or wrong miscommunication, it ain't good. It ain't good. If you go back a few weeks ago, different, but I think in the same category, the same sort of pattern I'm talking about. Charles Barkley, who is rarely full of it, but often says the things that, that's what I love about Chuck. He says the things that people around the NBA are saying quietly and won't say out loud. Something I try to do in my work, but I'm not Charles Barkley. When Barkley says it, it rings from the mountaintops. It's honesty that is off-putting. I mean, he lost his friendship with Jordan over this. And his honesty about John Morant was, this guy doesn't make players better. Not at the level his talent requires. And if he doesn't do it, he's not going to get where he has to go. And John Morant got all sensitive and got in his feelings. Okay. But Jordan went through this struggle in a really serious way. And Kobe went through this struggle in a really serious way. I mean, I can just go down. Even LeBron went through this struggle in a really serious way. His ability to incorporate other guys and make them feel part of the process. It's part of the deal. If you go back last year, Zion Williamson, who, by the way, massively well-paid now, got that max extension. But remember the injury? He was away from the Pelicans. And his camp, because why would David Griffin do it? His camp leaked. Zion thinks that his GM is a liar. They don't trust him. Think about that. Think, I mean, and I know David Griffin, and I, I, I know GMs. And Griff, I think, a little mad at me for things I've said on the radio show because that's the way it goes. But Griff isn't going to call up a report like, hey, man. Let me leak that my most important player thinks I'm a piece of garbage. Can you get that out there? Awesome. That's coming from Zion's camp. That Luka Doncic has been a, 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 a case study in excellence meets immaturity. See the technical fouls. See the pouting. See showing up with my body type. It's just that's not the things you do. And so I called GMs, executives, former players. I actually talked to several Hall of Famers because I wanted some perspective. And then I called Isaiah Thomas at the end and just said, hey, this is what I've written. This is the criticism. If you don't want to be associated with it, fine, but I'd love to just know what you think about leadership and whether it matters. And if you read the story, you'll see that Isaiah, and I know Isaiah is a controversial figure because of his post-playing career, but guy was a Hall of Famer, won two championships. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Won back-to-back championships in the midst of the, the Jordan, which he delayed, by the way, era on one side and the Magic Burrier on the other. And here was what, what came back, and I thought it was really interesting. A, not everybody can lead. That's just part of the deal. But there are unique challenges that exist today that didn't exist before that make it harder for a Trey Young, for a Zion, for a Ja, 
for a Luca, for any of these guys to be able to mature into the leaders they need to be, to pull their guys to the next level. It's one thing to be an individual talent. It's another thing to make people around you better as a collective. Steph Curry is an all-time great. We take that for granted now. But his superpower, on top of or in connection to his three-point shooting, is his ability to make everyone around him better and happy and to lead. Okay, here's what they are. And, and the first one struck me, and it was so interesting. Andy Roddick said this 10 years ago, so credit to him. But multiple people, including GMs, said this, that there are no secrets now in a way that, that people on the outside don't understand. That, that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if you punch your teammate in the face, Michael Jordan did it, a lot of guys did it, you settled them among the family. Now there's a video on TMZ and Draymond Green's entire team is thrown off. Entire team is thrown off. If you are a petulant little baby man to your head coach, it gets handled internally. And like all of us, man, when you like, if you're a parent, you don't humiliate your children by parenting them in front of a bu- 13 other kids. But you, of course, pull them aside and say, hey, man, this is how we need to act in this family. There's a, it's the same message, but the public nature versus the private nature dictates how it's received. Certainly true today because Trey Young, maybe, maybe, and I'm not being a, a hater, maybe being a little bit of a petulant, you know, baby man, diva, had to now allow that entire process to play out publicly. There are no secrets. 24 hour news coverage, social media, all the jealousies that happen in locker rooms. Guys are jealous of these dudes, man. That's the one thing I heard from several Hall of Famers, Isaiah included on the record, who were just like, yeah, man. When you are that guy, if you can't lead them, if you can't connect with them, they're going to hate you because you have the money and you have the girls and you have the talent and you have the, the team in, your, in the palm of your hand. Trey Young, talking to sources, not well liked in his locker room. There's no secrets. The other one is that entitlement reigns. And this may sound like a put down of, of, of young athletic dudes. It's not. Luca's an entitled cat, man. He just is. And this is coming from GMs and former players. That it used to be, I mean, you'd have you'd have wealth, but if you were going to make massive money, like Jordan's first actual huge contract as a player, like the massive one, really came after he had won championships. Now, if there's even a semblance of an opportunity that you're going to, to be successful, you're going to get 200, 250, 150 million dollars before you've done anything. And if I, I'm 44, if you gave me 150 million dollars tomorrow, you think I'm mean to Tom now? You think this show could be improved at this point? Oh, my God. It would be over, let alone 23 or 24. That's just a reality. And that is the nature of the way the business works and is a byproduct of success. And this is something Pat Riley wrote about that I thought it's, it's so smart. And that is that it's the rule of it, – it's the disease of more. That, and this is Riley. Quote Pat Riley, success is often the first step toward disaster. Only it used to be that success at least – was defined by you just won an NBA championship or got close. Now you got to deal with the disease of more. Guys are getting the disease of more before they've won anything, and that's a Trey Young is a very very successful person in the world. Luka Doncic, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, and a whole bunch of guys who couldn't hand, hold a candle to their talent. Massively well paid and leaders of their teams. That's a challenge. And the third thing in this sort of cauldron of unfairness is the expectation game that's insane. Trey is twenty four. Luke and Moran are 23. Zion's 22. Get this. Jordan was 28 when he won his first championship. 28. Old man by today's standards. Shaq, LeBron, Steph were 27. Giannis got there early. He was 26. And yet we, myself included, by the way, 
Expect Trey Young to do it now. And expect Zion to do it now. And expect all these. Why hasn't Luka won anything yet? And so this combination of entitlement because of the way the NBA operates and the lack of privacy in which to grow and to struggle, you have to fail to succeed, but it's, it's best to be able to fail somewhat quietly. That's gone in the NBA. And the fact that all of us, myself included, expect these guys to be all-time great-level players. To comp- you better. What do you mean you can't beat Durant or LeBron or, or Steph? When they're 22 or 23 years old, it is a mixture for many more people to fail. It just is. It's just like it's not fair for a quarterback to be put in a position as the first pick in the draft or the 10th if they're not ready, that they're gonna, their career's going to be over. Same thing in the NBA. If you don't have the maturity to handle things most of us can't handle at an earlier age than, than very few could, it ain't going to work out. And you're seeing that with Trey Young. Trey Young screwed up. Trey Young has got to make do work in his locker room. Trey Young is not on the right track. It ain't his fault entirely, but life ain't fair, man. You have to deal with the fact that things can get worse when they get really good. Oh, we didn't get to the close because I talked too much. I pointed at Tom like all like, close this baby. And he went, I'll do it. That was basketball. All right, um, let's get into some uh, NFL lines and a mystery that Nick Casos is going to unlock for us next year on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.